Heat waves, flash floods, incessant rains, deadly forest fires. Extreme climate change events seem to be grabbing headlines daily across the world, and a new UN report has made it clear that some of these climate changes are irreversible. Referred to as Code Red for Humanity, the UN Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change released a landmark report on 9th August, which draws on more than 14,000 scientific studies. The report also comes just three months before the important climate summit in Glasgow, known as COP26. Now the report has scientifically projected how the climate will be impacted if carbon and greenhouse emissions are not reduced. But underlining it all is a message for the biggest polluters that they need to reassess their climate policy. And one polluter, India, cannot afford to ignore the findings of the IPCC report. The report has predicted an increase in the likelihood of disasters like the Chamoli glacial break in Uttarakhand or Cyclone Amphan in West Bengal. More incessant rains, dry spells and heat waves are also frequent tags in the report when the subcontinent is discussed. So what future does the IPCC report predict for the world and what does it mean for India? What actions do we need to take? To understand the report and the climate change warnings it highlights for India, we spoke to the research director and adjunct associate professor at Bharti Institute of Public Policy in the Indian School of Business Anjul Prakash Get tuned in to the big story the podcast where we dissect the headline making news for you and I'm your host Emmat The alarm bells by the IPCC are deafening in its latest report Years in the making, the report has concluded that it is indisputable that human activity has warmed the atmosphere, the oceans, and land. The report, which is nearly thirteen thousand pages long, gives a sober assessment of the future of our planet and also plainly states that the changes already made to the climate are irreversible, at least for the next century or millennia. So let's talk about some of the key takeaways from the report. First, the report says that the global temperatures are expected to rise by 1.5 degrees Celsius or even 2 degrees unless rapid large-scale actions take place. Second, CO2 concentrations in 2019 were recorded higher than any time in the last 2 million years. Third, that human activity is one of the main drivers for glacial retreat and decrease in the Arctic sea level. Fourth, that the global sea levels have risen faster since 1900 than over any preceding century in the last 3000 years. and lastly and pertinently that the paris agreement pledges of 2015 signed by almost every country on the planet are no longer sufficient to reduce greenhouse gas emissions and that countries need to reassess their goals we spoke with anjul prakash who is the research director and adjunct associate professor at the bharti institute of public policy about the ipcc report and according to him we have not missed the bus yet on exceeding the temperatures beyond 1.5 degrees celsius but it is going to take collective action by the entire world to ensure that happens uh, let me just first explain what is net zero because not many people will uh, understand so just to explain it in simple term net zero implies an equilibrium between greenhouse gas emissions generated and the uh, government's policies and endeavors in lowering the emission right this process balances the emission of the and, and the mitigation efforts by offsetting carbon footprints to zero or keeping it to the negative and that's what the net zero uh, implies now uh, coming to the latest uh, ipcc report that has actually assessed the climate response in 
illustrative uh, scenarios and that covers the range of possible future development for anthropogenic uh, drivers of climate change and that is what they found it in the literature because climate IPCC report doesn't uh, do its own research it only assesses the available literature which is there right so there are three scenarios I would like to um, focus on the first is definitely about the scenario which is high and very high uh, uh, greenhouse gas emission scenario and where uh, carbon dioxide emission um, uh, that uh, roughly doubles from the current level by 2100 and 22 2050 so in the high scenario a uh, very high it's 2100 and then high scenario is 2050 and that's the first scenario which is there and we are coming close to the scenario only the second is where uh, which is which has intermediate uh, ghg emissions the greenhouse gas emissions and the co2 emissions also remains around uh, current level until the middle of the century and the third is very low uh, uh, which is a low and very low scenario which is uh, um, uh, which uh, is actually declining to what we call the net zero uh, after 2050 and this following by the various level of net negative co2 emissions right so the emissions vary between scenarios depending on the socioeconomic assumption that we take and the levels of climate change mitigation and emission scenarios uh, depending on the uh, the area pollution control or other measures that we are taking Right. So just to sum up this point that you have asked, um, I would still say that 1.5 degrees is still possible, but only when we have the met the net zero emission level. And that is from the physical science perspective, limiting human induced global warming to a specific level that requires cumulative efforts, especially to curb the CO2 emissions. And, uh, you know, uh, the top three um, CO2 countries, which is China and USA and India is also coming up. These are the top three uh, uh, countries which has been emitting. So reaching to least net zero CO2 emission will be a task which is which we have to watch it out. But it is 1.5 degree still possible. We still not miss the bus in that sense. But now let's move to what the report translates to for India. Well, it's not good news. We have seen adverse climate events over the past few years and the report predicted more extreme weather events ranging from heat waves to incessant rains, dry spills over the coming years. India's glaciers are also in deep trouble and may reduce by two-thirds if emissions are not reduced. According to the report, events like melting and receding of glaciers are some of the climate change phenomena which are locked in and will take centuries to change. The most alarming of the observations made by the report was about the Asia monsoons and the likelihood of them increasing and be more difficult to predict. And we are already seeing these variable monsoon patterns happening. For example, on 23rd July, the IMD reported that Odisha's Bauda reported a 2,438% above normal rain figures. Karnataka's Belgaum reported 1,791% increase and Kolhapur and Maharashtra reported 993% increase. These extreme events have a large economic cost to India's economy as well. According to a UN report, Cyclone Amphan, which made landfall in West Bengal in 2020, resulted in $14 billion in economic cost to the country. According to a June 2021 report by ODI, which is an independent global think tank, India's GDP would currently be around 25% higher were it not for the current cost of global warming. It adds that with 3 degrees of Celsius of warming, it will be 90% lower in the year 2100 than it would have been without climate change. Anjal Prakash explains more on how climate change will impact India and its economy in the future if we continue on the same path. You know, the big question definitely is that what is in for India from this big report, the global report that we have at this moment. See, over the past couple of months, we have seen that uh, we, and we have witnessed some of the extreme situation as you have very, uh, you know, uh, uh, um, aptly described. 
and which could be attributed to what we call the you know rapidly changing climatic conditions be it chamoli disaster that you have super cyclone like uh, takute then you also have yas and then extreme precipitation events in maharashtra himachal pradesh uttarakhand karnataka telangana jammu and kashmir states after states where we are seeing that india is facing severe challenge that you know that is linked to all and every climatic parameters so that's the one problem second uh, aspect is that india has most of the world ecology from desert to cold climatic conditions from coastal to mountain environment from uh, you know a large pool of semi region about 50 per 52% of india is semi arid and arid regions right so uh, india is facing challenges in all these eco agroecological zone and that is the most uh, stunning part because we are uh, facing so if you if you cyclone comes that will hit the coastal region we have 7500 uh, kilometers of coastline if it hits the uh, you know what we call the himalayan region then we have huge uh, so himalayan state which is dependent on some of the resources that they have so uh, the rise in uh, and rise in frequency and severity of cyclone the extreme heat waves the melting of himalayan himalayan glaciers the sea level rise all these have uh, implications on on the agroclimate regions of india so we are not spared and that's the major problem. see some time back the ministry of earth sciences uh, has uh, you know recently that released a report called assessment of climate change over indian region they also have outlined these issues to be more profoundly with data and information support and that's the part of it that so ipcc report has given us a global um, uh, kind of a scenario but it also tells us uh, the data points which where uh, some of these issues uh, outplays very heavily for india and that's the picture which is worrisome for me Citing government initiatives in a series of tweet on 9th August, Union Minister of Environment Bhupendra Yadav said that the IPCC report, quote unquote, reaffirms India's position that historical cumulative emissions are the source of the current climate crisis. Now, there are currently eight national missions on climate change launched by the center, which focuses on improving solar energy, creation of sustainable habitats, sustaining the Himalayan ecosystem, sustainable agriculture, water, and energy efficiency. According to the ODI report, India has also allocated close to $35.37 billion since the start of the COVID pandemic. But it has also allocated $29 billion to encourage more carbon-based production and funding for new equipment for coal production. And according to Climate Action Tracker, a website that tracks government action on climate change, India is currently in the 2 degrees Celsius compatible range, meaning that it is not fully compliant with the Paris Agreement temperature goals of 1.5 degrees Celsius, but that it is meeting the fair share of global efforts to curb emissions. Now, India has been making headway in its Paris Agreement pledges and it's actually on target for the past six years. But it is also the only major polluter in the world to not announce any net zero emission deadlines. Anjal Prakash states that though India is right on the policy front on climate change, the issue is still being treated as a backyard ministry and needs to be put in the forefront to minimize the impact of climate change in the long run. Yeah, so I, I feel that India has one of the good policies on climate change. So on the policy compatibility part, we are not doing that badly, right? Uh, and see, the jury is out on climate change. That And it's out there and affecting our lives day in and day out. Uh, look at some couple of years before, climate change was about phase, phase 5, phase 6, phase 10, you know, news. But it is hitting the headlines almost on a daily basis in the front page. So climate change is part of our everyday discussions. It shows that these concerns have become part of the mainstream discourse. And thanks to some of these, uh, you know, extreme weather events that has happened in 2021 itself, uh, we have found that these issues are almost coming on a daily basis. And this is the, despite the fact that economic activities have also 
come to a, almost a standstill during COVID-19. Still, we are facing because climate change is a long-term phenomenon. What you do today will have impacts in 30 years or 40 years, even 50 years time of time frame. Uh, time frame. So that part is is you know that we have to be very mindful about now. Coming to the policy part, I feel that you know, one of the major problems why we are not able to tackle climate change in India is because climate change is still you know, a backyard ministry attached to a Ministry of Environment for us. I feel that the you know it's been led by a division within the ministry uh, acting as a nodal agency and it looks after issues of climate change cooperations, global negotiations, looking at the national action plan on climate change. But climate change is much more than the environment and forests in today's time. See, you have to do a lot of to minimize the impact of climate change. We need to focus on adaptation and mitigation efforts simultaneously. At the moment, if you see uh, to evade climate risk, India depends on the forecast and evacuates people as much as possible. But the relief and res rescue operation that is an after effect of the climate change event has to be inducted into in the way in which people adapt to the climate situation. And this is not possible unless you coordinate with different sectors. So if you keep it as a backyard ministry of uh, Ministry of Environment and uh, you know, Forest, you will not be able to uh, you know, uh, uh, work with other sectors, for example, working with infrastructure, energy, irrigation, water, rural, urban, women and child welfare. A lot of these ministries required coordination to, to because climate change is becoming everyday phenomena. The task is enormous for a country like India and the size and population that we have. So the long-term solution, I would say, is to redraw and rebuilding the plan uh, that we have for cities, for rural areas, and that requires a special attention. So I am I'm calling for a separate Ministry of Climate Change to deal with these issues. And the new report actually comes out very strongly and tells us that this is out there, so you can't evade it. So as soon as possible, we should actually be following in for that. And then we should be leaving, um, you know, uh, we should be um, advocating for a new ministry that will then uh, coordinate with other ministries and bring out the issues on, uh, you know, much more profound way. The issue of climate change will always persist. And with warnings that the IPCC report has published for the subcontinent, India may no longer be able to ignore the question of increasing its carbon reduction goals and announce a net zero deadline. For more stories on climate change and its impact, head to the Quint's dedicated section on climate on our website. If you like listening to this episode, please subscribe to The Big Story for episodic updates. We're available on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, GeoSavan, and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quint website. And for any feedback, please shoot an email to podcast at thequint.com. Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quint's website and check out our other podcasts. 